Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. when things in your life 
kind of send you down a road of now you feel like you need to make the difference. Now you feel you need to work on behalf of others. Now you see that there's a level of greatness that you need to uh, get to in order to make the difference in other people's lives. And, you know, you think about the children who, you know, were handed, you know, some cotton balls and, and what that meant to them. You know, some children could have just brushed it off. It didn't mean anything. Some children may not have even understood, um, you know, what that even meant. And then you had the other children that it pushed and said, you know what, when I get older, I'm going to go into a, a position where people will not have to endure this and there won't be a group of people who are looking around scratching their heads trying to figure out or are afraid of, you know, doing something and, and making an impact because the, the, the teachers and the superintendent and the principal, you know, they're in a position where they can do something that makes an impact on both sides, that makes an impact on the side of those who are, you know, handing out the cotton balls that say it's disrespectful. You, you don't do that to people. And now render a level of punishment that sends a message. They have the ability to do something to show the children who are being disrespected, to, you know, let them know that we won't allow this to go on under our watch. We're not going to, you know, stand by and, and, and see this and do nothing. That I'm standing in a position of power and greatness where I'm going to make what I do matter. And and sometimes you can't put that into people. And, you know, I, I, the, the more I, I guess the more I interact with people, the more I realize that there are just some things and some people, you know, that won't even receive what you do. And then I realized that there were some people that because of the way they respond to you, they somehow push you into a higher level of greatness. They don't even realize that they're pushing you. You know, so, you know, this week, you know, that that's our focus. You know, greatness. Well, what are you going to do? How are you going to let the things that impact your life push you into a level of greatness? Well, let me help you understand something. That level of greatness is only going to be impactful when it's under the banner of God. If you want it to be done right, if you want it to matter, if you want it to be a lasting effect, not only on the life of others, but on and in your own life. It's going to have to come from under the banner of God. Because look at Trump. You know, everybody put him 
Well, not everybody. You know what I mean. You know, the the the, the people voted him into, you know, office because not because they thought that he was a good leader, but because they just were determined not to have a woman in position of greatness. And because of that, they put someone else into the position of greatness. And look at what kind of greatness this was. This greatness wasn't a greatness under the banner of God. And look at how it fell apart greatly. So, you know, if we want to do something, we want to, you know, walk in greatness. We're going to have to put that underneath the banner of God. Other than that, it's not going to really matter at all. So, you know, as as leaders, we spoke yesterday, you know, uh, <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? You know, the leaders spoke to the listeners and encouraged them to walk into your greatness. But you got to see it. You got to see it. You got to see it. If you don't see it, no matter how much someone may put, you know, put you into that zone, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter at all. All right? So that's how we spent our Tuesday. Our church folk day. Well, today is Wow Wednesday, and I'm trusting it's going to be some kind of wow. I don't know about you, but I need it to be some kind of wow. So, you know, you know how we do here on Wednesday when the ladies reign. And uh, <laughs> let's make it happen. Under the banner of Christ. You know, we're giving God thanks that we're at a wow Wednesday. We're not at a hump day. You know, we got our girlfriend Vivian on deck today, and she's going to be bringing us our uh, socially conscious segment, and uh, hope you're ready, because we don't know what we're going to be talking about today. So, go and get that healthy breakfast, go and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on and uh whatever you do don't go anywhere because we'll be right back february it's all about hearts not just those hearts these hearts too it's national heart month a time to focus on ways you and your valentine can stay healthy did you know that heart disease is the number one killer of americans Here's the good news. Heart disease is preventable in most cases by making healthy choices. Not smoking, maintaining a healthy weight, regular exercise, keeping high blood pressure in check, and getting regular checkups. Take time to take care of your heart. It will take care of you. 
Find out more tips on how to be a heart advocate in your community by contacting your local American Heart Association chapter online at heart.org. Like, I ain't even going to try to play myself 
<laughs> and just go to sleep hungry because <laughs> it just will, it'll be a long night. But I try to make sure that I eat a decent sized meal a little bit earlier, like eight o'clock or something like that. And I try to go to bed at a decent time so that I'm not up in the middle of the night snacking and eating unhealthy and eating late. I know, I know, I know. Especially when you're up late, you you really. That's a really hard thing to do when you're up late because now if Mm -hmm. you're up late, like you said, you want to start hitting that cabinet and that refrigerator and all kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're up late, Vivian, you just don't want no piece of fruit. I'm sorry. Right. (laughs) You reach for, you know, you want to reach for that candy. You want to reach for those cookies and that cake and, and all of that kind of stuff and, you know, the, the, what what we've stopped doing is we've stopped keeping that stuff in the house. So yeah. now we're walking around looking like a bunch of addicts because we slam the cabinets <laughs> and refrigerator doors because we can't find stuff. <laughs> so, you know, we, we want to encourage all of you to make sure, you know, you, you keep those things, you know, out of reach, out of the house. So you're yeah. not up. Eating, cause that that that's that's a real bad, woo, that's a real bad feeling at night when you're hungry and you're trying to eat right. And that ain't happening, Vivian. That ain't happening. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Well, thank you for my chat this morning. What you got for us today? Okay, today on socially conscious, we are focusing on the children this week in one way or another, starting with a restaurant being in the headlines for banning children younger than 10 years old. The restaurant is Nettie's House of Spaghetti, located in Tenton Falls, New Jersey. The restaurant owner released a statement on Facebook saying, quote, we love kids. We really, truly do. But lately, it's been extremely challenging to accommodate children at Nettie's. Between noise levels, lack of space for high chairs, cleaning up crazy messes, and the liability of kids running around the restaurant, we have decided that it's time to take control of the situation. This wasn't a decision that was made lightly, but some recent events have pushed us to implement this new policy, end quote. And of course, there are mixed responses. Some were all for it, and others thought the decision was kind of harsh. Again, the owner Nettie was of Nettie was saying that, you know, they have children running around the restaurant while people, the servers, are walking around with these heavy trays of food and sometimes hot liquid and things like that, and it was becoming very difficult in the restaurant for them to safely do their job, so they just pulled the plug on kids younger than 10 years old. So, again, some people were all for it. Some people thought that it was kind of harsh, especially children, um, parents who had children. So we want to hear from you, of course. What do you think? Is this a good idea? Are you supporting this new policy? Me, personally, I think it's a wonderful idea. Pastor Steph, you talked about restaurant deal breakers on Friday. Well, children are my deal breakers for me, especially if they are bad. Keep them home. I'm all for it. I try not to go anywhere where it's going to be children when I'm going out on the weekends. I don't want to see no kids where I'm, when I'm going out. 
So that was an interesting story. Never heard of a restaurant being able to, to you know, set some type of policy like this. But nonetheless, I support it. And our next story involves the children again. A daycare director out in Cumberland, Indiana, is under fire yet again after it discovered that the director and care provider was giving the children melatonin gummies every day during nap time. Reports say the pastor of the church that operates Kids Life Child Care Ministry in Cumberland shared a shocking revelation. He told parents that he discovered the daycare director, Tanya Voris, had been giving kids gummies to get them to sleep at nap time during staff break time. Melatonin supplements that the moms and the parents never approved of, of course. Court documents say that Ms. Voris was giving gummies to about 17 children every day without parents' permission. She would, she would give the pediatric doses with, uh, to, even to little ones ages one to four years old. According to the probable cause, some of these children did have some side effects from what happened, saying that it changed their behavior. They were more irritable. Some of them were complaining of headaches and itchiness during the time period when she was handing out these gummies to these children. The pastor says that the, the daycare notified police and fired Ms. Boris right away. Court documents say that she admitted to uh, giving out the unauthorized doses in an interview with detectives, but she later pleaded not guilty in front of a judge <clears throat> Monday morning, and now she is in jail with a bond set at $15,000. She faces 11 felony counts of neglect, and six misdemeanor counts of reckless endangerment. She's due back in court for a pretrial hearing on April 5th. And it's very interesting to hear, you know, we hear about these types of things all the time, but to know that this was a church-based daycare and child care uh, provider and to hear that, you know, she was doing something like this makes it even worse, of course. So keep your kids in prayers and make sure that you're staying involved and alert when it comes to your child's daycare and uh, child care providers, make sure you're paying attention to your children so you can notice when something is off. So next we have another story involving another daycare. Reports say a three-year-old boy walked about a mile from his after-school care without supervisors realizing before he was found by a good Samaritan. Again, Pastor, you spoke about the Good Samaritans, and luckily there was one there that day that found the little boy and had good intentions of getting him back home. So police say they were called in to return Cohen Rowlandson to his traumatized family after a bystander found a young boy wandering the suburban streets near his school last Friday. They say it was the boy's first day at the school. And the crazy thing is when his mom called to check on him, she was told that she had already picked him up. <laughs> the school released a statement admitting that they had failed majorly and that they were truly sorry. The organization has since invested. They are investigating the situation, and they have since invested in more staff 
to be on site, and they have upgraded their security on the site to make sure that things like this never happen again. Uh, police were able to contact the little boy's family thanks to a name tag on his shirt. So the mom wants to encourage other parents to label their children's clothes with a name and a phone number just in case, you know, situations like this do occur. We are thanking God for the Good Samaritan and for the boy being returned home safely. Next, we have teachers who were fired for refusing COVID vaccines. They have now filed a new lawsuit against NYC. Reports say thousands of New York City teachers who were denied exemptions from the city's COVID-19 vaccination requirement filed a lawsuit on Monday against the government that dismissed them. The new legal filing was made in state court where a similar case filed by other city workers was successful. A former teacher by the name of Michael Kane, one of 14 educators who are plaintiffs in a new case, laid out the lawsuit what they want. They're saying that we are looking for our jobs back, he said, as well as back pay for the time that we lost. Uh, At the same time, they want retirement credits back and possibly money for pain and suffering, as this has been a really, really tough time for them. This comes after 16 city sanitation workers sued, and in their case, they argue that they deserve their jobs back and with back pay and retirement benefits. That case won, but as of right now, it is under appeal by the city. So the lawyer of the case says that this that these terms violated the New York State Constitution, the New York State Human Rights Law, and the New York City Human Rights Law. And they believe that this is an open and shut case. So I read a story recently where they have now lifted COVID vaccines for pretty much all workers, but especially city workers. They're no longer requiring and mandating that you be vaccinated anymore. Um, so now I'm pretty sure these lawsuits will come in from every which way. And now we have our wow story of the week. A mother in Maine is seeking answers as she alleges her daughter's school secretly helped her daughter begin to transition. Amber Levine claims a social worker at Great Salt Bay Community School gave her 13-year-old daughter a transitioning device called a chest binder. She says the school secretly advised Amber's 13-year-old daughter to change her gender and encouraged the child not to tell her parents. They called her opposite pronouns and gave her a new name at the school. The mom said she reached out to the superintendent, but she says that the school leaders appeared to side with the um, social worker at the school, Roy, who allegedly purchased the, ch- the chest binder and assisted her daughter in her transitioning attempt, but they refused to hand over any documents on her daughter, citing the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. Mom said, quote, I think that this says that we as parents no longer are in charge of our kids. It's really scary, end quote. So she soon pulled her daughter from the school and is now homeschooling her. And, of course, this isn't the first time that we spoke about a story like this where the school supported someone's child entering into the LGBTQ community. We spoke about how they were 
setting up these rules and regulations to allow even, like, middle school children to do things like this. So it's really, really sad. The school system is truly failing our children in all kinds of ways, and especially in this area where they are allowed to do things like this without the parents' knowledge and permission. So, again, keep your kids in prayer. Stay involved. Make sure that you are aware of what's going on so you can notice any changes in your children. Stay alert. This has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories that you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Seth. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. I got some questions here. The first story, what was the name of the restaurant? Nutty's, excuse me, of Spaghetti. Nettie's House of Spaghetti? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Number, let's see, the the last story. How how old was the child, or what 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 grade, what school age? She was thirteen years old. Okay. So I guess that's freshman in high school. Yeah. Okay. And is she suing? Did you say she was suing, or she just removed the child? As of right now, she was she was calling for an investigation on the school. Didn't say if she was suing yet, but I'm pretty sure she will be if she's not already. All righty. All righty, Vivian, thank you. Please hang around just in case we need some more clarification. But thank you so much, oh. and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. All righty. Oof. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Even with just having the children... As a focus today, you've given us some uh, conversation, Vivian. Let's see. Hmm. Let's say good morning to our ladies. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning. Oh, you still pulling the crust out of your eye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's 6 o'clock. Here in Chicago, so <laughs> oh, honey, honey, honey! Thank you so much for joining us in these early, early morning hours. You have joined, let's say, Pastor KL, um, Pastor Ed, uh, Dwayne. Mm-hmm. All of them were an hour behind us as well. Mm-hmm. So we thank you mm-hmm. for still hanging out with us, still hanging out with us this morning. Uh, I, don't, I want to start with the praise report that you gave this morning. You know, we've talked about little Jacob here, mm-hmm. and I, I think, they, you know, our listeners need to hear the update. Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you so much for all who have been praying for um, my nephew, Jacob. Um, we got the report this week that his tumor has shrunk by 50%. So the um, chemo is working, but we also know that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. So thank you so much for praying. Let's continue praying. All righty, all righty. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Um, giving God thanks for all that he does, and he does answer prayer. And it's, it's always good to get the praise reports. We always hear, you know, please pray, please pray, please pray. But very rarely do you hear the, you know, the, the updates. So I was really mm-hmm. happy to hear that this morning. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh, let's get to talking. Let's get to talking. So let's start with the church-based daycare. And they've hired this director who's decided to give the child or the children the melatonin gummies to help them sleep. And thank God that the pastor had some level of integrity to mm-hmm. turn, you know, the, uh, the the director in. But, you know, what does it say also for us and how we vet these this personnel that we hire over these children? You know, this is, this is really um, very unnerving because it doesn't necessarily mean that she was a you know a, a Christian or not a Christian because a lot of times they're just looking for your credentials. They're not necessarily looking to find out if you're you know your religious status you know. But as long as those the, those credentials you know look good, and then even some you know we don't know how people just kind of turn their foot away from the Lord. So I don't know. What's your thought here? I'm thinking that you know. Um, some, I mean, this is a, about integrity. And to your point, right, we thank God for the pastor who had a level of integrity to say, wait a minute, you know, he called the uh, um, the police and notified parents, which I, we applaud him for doing, for doing that because, you know, he could have been someone that also just kind of swept it under the rug to not, yep. you know, give the daycare a bad name or anything like that. But I do think, I mean, I don't know how you weed that out as part of the hiring process, right? I mean, you could have people that um, say that they are a Christian and then just make these horrible Absolutely. judgment That's calls. right. That's you right. Make these horrible judgment calls. It's like, Miss, this was a horrible judgment call. It was, you know, and I know working in a daycare, that was like one of my first jobs as a high school student and as a young adult. Um, and I know that it can just be like, oh, my gosh, please, would y'all take a nap? But you cannot just take it upon yourself to start giving these babies um, things without consulting their parents, getting permission from their parents, all for the purpose of you having downtime. Like, you're at right. work, and if your work if your work requires that, you know, you have to be up with these babies and reading books or something, then you got to do what you got to do. But you cannot. Like, that was, that, was, that was bad judgment and lack of integrity. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it's absolutely, <laughs> that's why I was saying, you know, even when you hire someone who is supposedly a Christian person, you know, who's to say that they won't turn their foot kind of to the sideways and kind of do, like you said, mm-hmm. do what they do, you know, for the sake of their mm-hmm. own comfortability, 
um, right. you know, to to, uh, to make it happen for that hour. You know, you got like ten kids in the classroom, and now ain't nobody. You know, everybody going to sleep for, except for these three over here, <laughs> and they're the worst three. Right. So, <laughs> so it it's it, 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 you got to be ready for these jobs. You can't say yeah and then you start doing your own thing. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining us this morning, Elder Natisha, Lady Tamika. Good morning. You know what you doing over there in that daycare center? You putting them kids to sleep too? I sure am. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know I only have a tolerance for so many at a time. (laughs) I think my level is about after three. It's like, "Mm -mm, no. You know, I need, I need, I need y'all to just stop. You know, everybody stop moving. Everybody stop talking. You know, even um, uh, I used to. At one point, I did work at a um, daycare center. It was just something that. I chose to do, it was a, you know, it was, um, I went back to my daycare center years afterwards and did some part-time work, wasn't getting paid, it was just something that I chose to do, you know, and Elder Natisha is right, you know, you got 10 children and three of them are not asleep and they're playing with each other on the cot and you just want everybody to stop moving, everybody to, you know, for this hour, for this 30 minutes, however long it is, could y'all just stop so that I can have peace of mind or uh, maybe make a phone call? You know, you, you don't have the freedom to do that, you know. And um, the sad part about that is you just want stop, to stop movement. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. You know, you would believe that, you know, because I have Christian ethics that, um, that I would do the right thing. Unfortunately, it doesn't. That's not always true, you know. And, and that's a sad situation. I'm grateful that the pastor, you know, did stand. We've seen situations where um, edifices have a title um, that sounds Christian-based, but they're not acting Christian-like. So I'm grateful that he took it upon himself. Listen, I don't care about embarrassment. I don't care about situations. I'm concerned about these children that are under my name and in my care. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it it doesn't matter. And we have had so many stories here where it's the pastor who putting the kids to sleep. Ah! You just can't even determine and dictate who in the world is going to be the culprit this time? So, again, giving God thanks that somebody was on point. Ah, oh, Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning. You know, <laughs> you, you you have this, this daycare center, you know, and... They're handing out gummies, melatonin gummies. And, you know, are we really taking it upon ourselves to medicate these children without thinking of the possibility that anyone can have an adverse reaction? You're talking about as young as one years old. How do we determine that we give these children any level of medication because we need some downtime? Why go to work? Why go to work if you're going to have to medicate these kids to the point where you're not bothered with them at all? That is so, you know, we're 
we're teaching our kids not to accept candy from even other children, you know, around, you know, little kids, pre-K, kindergarten, because they may not be the ones that have something crazy or may try to offer you something crazy, but God says when these kids get into the, you know, higher grade, now you have to make sure that your classmates are not giving you something. Well, it's surpassed the classmates. Now you got to worry about teaching giving you something. Like, why, why are you going to work if you don't want to be bothered? Quick. Absolutely. I, I I agree. I always say, listen, if it ain't for you, it ain't for you. You know, is right. it really worth the paycheck at the end of the day? Because God forbid anything had happened to these children, um, you know, then what, what, what does it matter at that point? And, you know, I'm... Vivian, let us know. I think I only heard that she was fired. I don't think I heard, I don't know if you ladies heard anything other than that, but all I heard was that she was fired immediately. And I hope that's not where this ends, because you're playing Russian roulette with children's lives. So it is some jail time that you need to be facing. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I would be pushing that you arrested and you go to jail for a long time you know what let you know listen brother al and pastor charlotte are always sending people to big bubba and big and big bertha so let her go up in there and try to sleep under big bertha maybe let her get a nap now let's see how that works out for her all right let's talk about these teachers who were fired for not having the vaccination you know, we, we talked about this here on his due time and how, you know, these workers were, you know, relieved of duty because they were not opting and, you know, going along with the vaccination mandate. And now these teachers are coming back and they're looking for their um, benefits back. They're looking for some back pay and compensation and you know, uh, the sanitation workers did it, and they won. And now, you know, now you're going to find a whole lot of, you know, lawsuits going on that are going to be asking people to, to pay them back for, you know, a loss of wages and all of their retirement benefits and things like that. Uh, Lady Tamika, you've got the first leg on this one. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Um, it, it the, the thing about that is we had gotten to a point where it was pretty much you don't have a choice, you know, and a lot of people, I remember at that time they were pressured and they waited until literally the last second so because they kept waiting because they, 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 they thought that there was going to be a change and it didn't. You know, and so a lot of people, um, even with me working for the department that I did work in, a lot of them said that if they had a choice to do it all over again, they wouldn't have, you know. But that was the whole premise, you know. You put a mandate on people. They couldn't even come into the workplace, you know, and you fired them, you know. And so now that it's turning around, you know, we saw in the news that you no longer have to do it. 
um, you could kind of see the handwriting on the wall. Now, okay, since you fired me, now I want my money back. And, and, and not only that, what, what you do to one, you're going to now have to do to others. And you're going to have to keep doing it because, you know, it's been turned around. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they tried to put it, you know, turn it back around, stating that you now have to have it again. Um, we'll just see how, how, how that plays out. Okay, okay. I mean, it would be hard for them to push it now because there's no real, you know, the the danger level uh, that it was before is definitely not where it is now. So uh, that, that would be a hard push, but I get what you're saying because now if you try to reverse it and mandate people do it all over again, then you wouldn't be faced with so many lawsuits. But, uh they may have to eat this one, whether it was right or wrong back then. They, they're going to have to face the, the music on this one. Shantice, you know, people are looking to to get retribution for losing their jobs, for, you know, uh, they've worked hard all these years. You know, they had retirement monies and, and things like that, and, you know, they let these people go, and, you know, they let uh, – uh, they lost a lot of their benefits and the years that they mm-hmm. had in. And, you know, what, what, what's your thought on, you know, now that you've opened up the door and gave the sanitation workers their money back and and, and their jobs back and such and such a things like this, you're going to have to open up this door to quite a few other uh, employees. I agree. It, it was it was crazy to let them go. You let go of the teachers that wouldn't be feeding your kids. <laughs> Dummies to keep them asleep. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's, they, they deserve their money, you know, because y'all wanted to bully your way into, you know, people making the choice of whether they wanted to be vaccinated or not. You let go of a lot of good, you know, people, whatever field of work it was. Um, but particularly the teachers, you lost a lot of good teachers, and they're probably discouraged at this point. You know, I've been sitting out of work all this time and hearing how the schools got worse, and now not only are the, the civilians coming up off the street and shooting up the schools, and now the kids are coming up in the schools and shooting, and y'all not taking it seriously. You know, yeah, they, they deserve their their pay. They deserve their pay. Y'all really try to bully y'all way into this. I, I agree. I hope they do Okay, okay. Elder Natisha, you know, whether whether this was a justified call or not, um, you know, we, we all understand the premise in which they were moving. And now that the smoke has cleared, um, should they be eligible to get their monies and their benefits back? You know, I, I think that you know, all of these things are really sketchy and, and complicated only because the the idea behind it, you get it, right? We want to try to keep the atmosphere of the schools as safe as possible. We don't want to have another outbreak. Um, and so you are, you know, doing these things um, in order to try to maintain safety. 
But I also think that we have to take into consideration that we also need our educators. Like, we continue to deal with not having enough educators, and then we're overpopulating classes, and then the kids can't learn effectively. So I think that there has to be, um, you know, some type of happy medium here, you know, where we, that we could arrive to with maintaining safety um, so that we don't have outbreaks all over again. So I think that that's an important notion. And I do think that even though it seems like the smoke has cleared, um, that the same way that even still we have to annually get a flu shot and we have to, you know, annually kind of do some of these things to try to maintain um, the, the, the outbreak, I think, it is, I think it is a necessary norm now. It's the new norm that we have to be able to get these vaccines. And, and, you know, if you're going to work in a school system where you're coming in contact with so many children, it's not even for their safety alone. It's for your safety. You are working in a public space where you can't control your environment because everyone from all walks of life is coming into your classroom and that's a small space. So all it takes is a cough, a sneeze, a, a touching of a surface for things to be passed. And I think, I mean, I, we just we got to think about it from that perspective. It's for their safety, but for your safety as well. But And then we have to figure out what that happy medium is because we do need our educators, and we don't want to penalize them to the point of not having them there. So I, I, it's really it's really tricky. Absolutely, and and that was always the the twist to the whole thing. You know, you're trying to keep the atmosphere clear, but yeah, yeah, you keeping the atmosphere clear, all right? Because, <laughs> like Shanti said, you know, unfortunately, you let go of a, a, a lot of of good um, employees, teachers who did mm-hmm. have your children's best interest at heart, and at the same time. You know, my, you know, my, I've had a big concern about the the teachers and the classrooms with all these asylum seekers. You know, they they have they have allowed these um, asylum seekers to come over here with their families, and all they have said is the fact that they have had to have sponsors, and they were they did background checks. They have, if they are doing any medical clearance, they have not made any mention of it. Every article that I have read, they have not yet said that that was a part of the clearance in letting and in allowing them to come over into the United States. So my thought was, okay, so you're allowing all these people to come over here. What health issues are we now facing? Because even when the United States cleared up COVID, now you had China again in in a a real upswing. A lot of the other countries went into high numbers when our numbers actually went backwards. So now you have these teachers who are now in these classrooms, again, in a very small and close setting, and now you're jeopardizing their health. So now, you know, now you got them bringing guns and 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 germs. Which one is going to kill them first? <laughs> so, 
like Shanti said, now you got this is the one that you they're giving the gummies, you know, away. But you know, so hopefully, you know, they will get their, you know, proper and do retribution and their monies and their benefits back and. You know, hopefully, you know, things will go better moving forward. Ah, what else did Vivian bring us this morning? If you notice, I'm saving a couple things to the last, uh, to the last, uh, moment. Our daycare, again, our daycares are failing us. The three-year-old, the first day of his experience in this daycare center, He somehow or another finds his way a mile mile away. You know, it's funny. I was looking at this article yesterday on on, on something I was looking at, and they had, like, the church was, they had a sign that says the church is a mile away, and it had an arrow. And it was, all it showed was some horses and some cows. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got to walk a mile from there. This baby, three years old, walked a mile away from the daycare center. When mom called, they said the child was already picked up. What are we talking about here, Shanties? Again, some major negligence on the part of the staff of this daycare center. How does the baby get to which door did he walk out of? Because, like, even when you're a teenager and you cut school, like you already in the school, but then you want to leave early. You can't just be walking out the front door like it's dismissal time. You got to find some back or side door or something that you can run up out of before any of the faculty sees you. So which door was he able to walk out of, let alone end up that far away from the school? I wouldn't even want to make that phone call. I, I ain't calling so-and-so mother and telling them he wasn't in here. Because even if I wasn't responsible, I'm making the phone calls. I'm the first to get it. Absolutely not. That I would not have been the one to either make that phone call or when she came to pick him up, be the one to say, oh, well, let me just tell you what happened. No, 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 no. That, that, that's beyond careless. It, so no one's sitting at the front door? There's nobody there? I, would, I, I don't even see how that can happen. All righty. Elder Natisha, you know, here in New York, you got to have safety bars and alarms on doors and the weight of the door alone. You got to push to get out of the the door. How does a three-year-old manage to do this on his own and end up one mile that way? Mm, child, child. Imagine, what, what's his name, Lil Matthias? Child, you better quit your job from now. A child? <laughs> you, let, you let Matthias, you let my Matthias walk, be walking down the streets of Brooklyn. I, I will be at that school in, in two hours. <laughs> oh, gosh. But. But, you know, to your point, what happened to childproofing? And where are the, the, where are the, the, the precautions that are in place for these daycares to even get approved as daycares? Like, we got to go all the way back to that point because yep. there's supposed to be individuals that come out before a daycare can get licensed right. as a daycare. 
there yep. are some things that are supposed to be in place. So where were the child proofing that was supposed to be in place that, pre- that prevent things like this? Then the other part of it is it is absolutely negligent because when I was in the daycare, you was counting them kids like every 10 minutes. You was counting them kids like, wait a minute, uh-uh, right. It's supposed to be eight. Well, I only got seven. Where's who's missing? Right. Cameron, where's Cameron? <laughs> you know, um, so, so, I mean, the fact that that little boy was able to get a mile away and y'all still never was out there looking for him. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear in the story how the the worker came running. <laughs> right. When, by the time the Good Samaritan found him, there was a worker that was running saying, oh, my God, there he is. The fact that y'all had no clue that this baby was gone is complete negligence. Complete negligence. Absolutely, absolutely. Lady Tamika, they told mom that she had picked him up. Oh! That was the first thing that got to me. <laughs> Can you imagine me calling and I'm saying, yeah, yeah, or coming there, and I'm like, I'm looking for little Johnny. Johnny who? Johnny, Johnny Evans Jones. Uh, uh, where is he? Oh, somebody picked him up. What? Wait, what? Him up, you know, yeah. you're supposed, you know, there's all types of guidelines, even if somebody else is supposed to pick up somebody, you're supposed to have names, IDs, you know, even if you, um, there, there are times, um, when I go to a school after, supposed to be after school hours, um, but it's so close to the closing time that they actually have to hold my ID when I come in, I come and get it out when I, when I leave, but. You know, where are all those prerequisites? And then, right. again, you know, who, how is it that this child got that far away? You know, who wasn't, who, who, who wasn't doing their job? Who wasn't paying attention? Somebody you're supposed to be responsible for however many children, 10 children, 5 children, whatever the case, but you're supposed to keep your eye on all those children. Keep account. Five, six, seven, oh, wait a minute, wait, we're losing one. Where, where, is, where is such and such? Where's little Johnny? You know, and... Um, I'm glad that nothing happened to him. I'm grateful that the person that did find him was a good Samaritan. We got so many predators out there doing all right. kinds of things, and so right. grateful that he was returned back, you know, and um, the fact that they had enough insight to not just take him and walk off, you know, but to bring him back where he came from. A mile is a pretty long way. You know, I am and... that he's probably related to a little six-year-old boy that came to school and shot the teacher. <laughs> oh, my you know, God. They, they, they find ways of getting away. <laughs> wow. You know, I thought about, I told you I saw this thing, this thing that said the church was a mile away. And I'm like, a mile? I got to walk a mile? I can't even get up. But sometimes by the time I get to the gate, my legs are tired. And I'm thinking about this little, these, these two little legs, whether it's Cameron's little legs, Johnny's little legs, Somebody little legs, and how many people did he pass in a mile? How many people did he pass that saw him walking by himself, by himself, and you just, he just walked on by? You know, you think of this stuff, and it's like, is this real? 
is this real? You know, Elder and our teacher said, you know, Matthias walking down the streets of Brooklyn. You know, who, when you think about this stuff and you see some little person just, just a walking, you know, they're walking, they're looking around. And I'm like, and he really got a mile deep. But for somebody actually, you know, picked him up and or talked to him or stopped him. And and to think that your child was out there like that, did, did, where you know, and what what kind of what part of the uh, country was he in where he didn't have to cross a street or oh my God, just to think of the things that could have happened and just God is watching over. Just God is is just God all the time, all the time, all the time. All righty. All righty. We got two more stories. Now, we've talked about one of these before, um, and I, I'm going to touch on this one first. I'm going to switch Vivian's wild story. I'm going to put that story next to last because we've talked about this here on this broadcast before, about the schools taking this liberty to walk these children through a process, regardless of what the process was, because we've talked about many different things. But this particular process was this this gender changing. So you buy this chest binder, you change the name, you you know you use the 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 terms. I can't think of the thing. You use the terms differently. Who are you to make these type of decisions? And how should mom feel? Elder Natisha, we back to you on this first leg. Oh, we lost Elder Natisha. All right, she's going to have to call back in. Uh, Lady Tamika. I have to apologize. For some reason, the sound wasn't very clear. Can you repeat that, please? Oh, okay. I, I switched the wow story to, to instead of being last, I'm putting it here. And we're talking about, oh, Elder Natisha's back on, but we're, we're talking about the fact that, you know, the, the, the school has aided in this, <laughs> you know, conversion and transition um, of who you are, what your name going to be, and all of this kind of stuff. Who are we as a school to take this um, out of the out of the hands of the parents? And Elder Natisha's back on, so we're going to start with her. Did you hear, but did you hear, um, Lady Tamika? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Elder Natisha, what you got? You know, it's, it's, it's the crossing of boundaries. And, and here's the thing that I find so interesting is that we the school system has been okay with taking a side to aiding um, the, this, this agenda, but we've not taken, we've, we've, we've created a hard stop when it comes to prayer in the school. So we, we, want, we had to, we had there had to be separation of state. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, there had to be a separation of state. Can you know between church and state 
when it became, you know, when it's time to talk about religion because of all the various um, perspectives and respects and things of that nature that was necessary in regards to prayer in the schools. But now there is no guard, there is no regard for all of the varying perspectives as it comes to gender reassignment. And so yeah. how, how, do, how, do we, how do we justify this? And I think this continues to show how the world system has its world system and has its agenda. <laughs> there yeah. are certain things that, that we can be liberal about. But now when it comes to the things of God, oh, no, no, no. There got to be a separation between church and state. Well, wait a minute. How can you cross the boundaries of making a decision of, about my child's identity? How dare you? How Absolutely. Dare you? So we can't, make a, we can't make a decision to pray in the school, but you can make a decision about my child's identity? So I think yep. this, this further, you know, shows the people of God, one, we really have to start, you know, investing in our own schools. We got to start investing in our own schools. Uh, we, we, I, I, the world system is doing what the world does, and we can't be shocked by the things that the world does. So we have to figure out how we are going to um, protect the culture, the kingdom culture that we want to be established through our children. Absolutely, absolutely. This this community is a dangerous one. This community yes. is a bad mamma jamma. Lady Tamika. I am not one for objecting to the way that <clears throat> church used to be, the way that service used to be when when everything fell on the premises of what the church did. You know, the church was controlling, you know, and they handled things, you know, and things got done. You know, the sad part now, it seems, is that we're all inside and everything else is is happening. We don't have control over uh, the gender for our children. You know, um, our children, we, we as parents are the last ones that get a say. You know, everybody else can do everything, do whatever. Police department can do whatever they want to do. Teachers can do whatever what whatever they want to do. Those that are running programs can do whatever they want to do. And, you know, the child suffers ultimately, you know. And you can say the Pledge of Allegiance, but you can't pray, you know. And that that's a very, very sad thing because the, the, the Pledge of Allegiance can't save a soul. You know, and it can't keep the chaos that's transpiring. We just had recently in Michigan um, a shootout. You know, some people were killed, you know, because I just, I feel like the essence of God is the last thing. You know, if, if we do everything else and, you know, God gets the backboard. And as you can see, this is, this is the end result of, of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Ah, uh, Shantice, you know, you send your child to school and you send her as Mary, and little do you know that when she's in school, they call her Marcus, 
and they have, you know, helped her convert and transition into the opposite gender, and you have no clue. And they have the right. I'd have a whole lot of rights, too, that they would just be finding out about. Once I walked up in that school and saw what they did, it's like, why Why do you have time for this? Why have you made time for this? I didn't send my child off to a camp for this. You know, like some parents just ship their kids off to fat camp. I didn't send them to LGBTQ whatever camp. Like, this is school. Why? Why does this, why does this matter to you? So now not only are you part of that community, you're also a part of the pedophile community because why does her sexuality matter to you? Are you grooming her for, for something else? Orgies and all of that? Like, I, I don't put anything past her. Now I got to get the whole school arrested because now they're trying to have sex with my child because why else would this matter to you? They, I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine there would be nothing you could say to me. And my life would be devoted to making sure that everyone is locked up. That is disgusting. There is no way. So now should should I now be that radical Christian that now rallies up all of all of my church people and we busting these doors with Bibles and start smacking you with them and telling them telling you that this is what has to be done to rebuke these demons out of you and or is this like I really don't understand the concept and this like stories like this is why I have very little sympathy for the whole oh my goodness because I'm you know this is my lifestyle everyone is so homophobic and there's always so much bashing and there's always it's like Please miss me with all of that because it's stuff like this that y'all just continue to bully your way into everything, and now you want to cry that people don't agree with your lifestyle. How could you take liberty? Like, how, I don't. I, I would love to know the process. Like, who woke up that morning and said, "Okay, this is what we're going to do"? Was there an email that went around? It's okay, on this day, we're going to get her and put her in this classroom. And, okay, I'm, I'm going to get the clothes. You're on shoes duty. You're on this duty. You make sure you bring that. You Like, I, I don't remember the seance. Like, I, I don't, I would love to know the process. You know, Shantish, you bring up a very good point. And I think we've talked about this before. And, you know, I want to take this as another, you know, round I send my child to school to learn education. At what point has this shifted where you no longer have the obligation to educate my child just in basic education and now my child's sexuality becomes a part of the curriculum, Elder Natisha. How does this make the shift that nobody and nobody says anything? You know, uh, ooh, thank you so much for throwing that back at me because when you said it, when did this shift? This shifted, Pastor, when parents uh, sent their kids to school without the proper educating, uh, without proper means of. Um, 
like what was supposed to be established at home. So many educators, I've heard so many stories about educators talking about how difficult it is to just simply teach. They said we have to address too many other emotional needs, too many other physical needs. There are so many other things that these kids are coming to school with because of their at-home life that it is hard to just say, okay, well, we're going to teach math today. Because how do you teach math to a kid who's hungry because they don't have food at home? How do you just teach reading to a girl who comes to school or whatever and she's cold because she don't have on the proper clothing because rats then ate her uniform? How, how do you teach, you know? So, so I think that is where the lines got blurred. The lines got blurred when the home life, right, with, with some of our students uh, were, were just difficult for whatever the reasons are. That takes us back to the government, right? Like that takes us full circle into what you, you know, you know mentioned a, a number of times, and that is how are we taking care of our own? We're bringing in all these other people, but how are we taking care of our own people? And I think that is where the shift happened. That's where the lines got blurred. It got blurred the moment kids started coming to school and you couldn't teach them. There were behavioral issues, emotional issues, mental issues, all based on their home life. And so now, not only now do you feed them, not only now do you try to clothe them, right? So now we, teachers are going out of their own pocket because there wasn't no budget for teachers to be able to buy coats for kids who's coming to, to, to school. It's 13 degrees outside, and you come into school with sandals on and a sweatshirt. And so there are so many stories like that of kids who can't concentrate in school because there's so many other needs that need to be addressed. And that is where the shift happens. And so now you make all these uh, these allowances, and you got these re- the reflection room, right? That's when all these different rooms started coming up. Because when I was in school, we have all these different rooms. So you went to Absolutely. lunch, you went to the gym, and and if you had detention, you had you you went to detention. You ain't go outside to play at lunchtime. Now. They got special rooms, the reflection room. You got to go over to the reflection room or go talk to not just guidance counselors. They got guidance counselors, and then they got mental health, emotional counselors in school. Like, we got to look at how things have things have shifted. <laughs> they have shifted. And so now they're overstepping boundaries. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that. I ain't going to say another word. I'm so glad you said that because it starts at home. Ah, Lady Tamika, how do we get to the point where math and social studies and English, all those things go straight out the window? Like Shanti said, now we got time to infuse all of these, so they, they come out dumb, they can't pass any classes, but they got these other things going on in the school. How do we, when did it make the shift, according to you? According to me, um, is the, the, the pushing aside of God. When uh. we started, we started with prayer. And we went to the Pledge of Allegiance, and <clears throat> it was it was you know establishments. There were establishments, you know, that even um, 
throughout that were established with the name of a Christian name. And they followed certain principles and guidelines. There were things that you could do. There were things that you couldn't do, you know. And you knew as a child, "Uh uh-oh, nope, can't do that, you know, can't say that, you know. Um, And I felt like, I feel like the essence of God has been lost, you know, the, the, the design of, well, let the child figure out what they want to do. You know, well, whatever whatever Johnny wants to do, you know, not giving them the right borders and guidelines um, are important, you know, because then they come to school and they do all kinds of things. You know, with with not providing borders, now little Johnny is coming to school and, and, and bullying somebody. And, you know, nobody knows about it because the child that did not get that training at home is now silent because he or she doesn't want anybody to know that they're being bullied. There's all kinds of stuff, and I honestly believe that the the need for God not being in the in, in the school has caused all kind of havoc. You let Jesus go out the front door, and and the enemy and all kinds of stuff, predators um, within the facilities, outside the facilities, coming outside that have nothing to do with the school, coming in and shooting. All kinds of things. I can go on, but we only have uh, a couple of more minutes before this episode is ending, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> oh, absolutely, ladies, absolutely. Shanti's, when did the shift take place? I I agree with, with both. It's definitely first and foremost because y'all just keep nudging God up out the way, not only in schools, but in your everyday life. So, of course, now that you work in the schools, you're going to nudge him out of your place of work as well. And it does have a lot to do with what goes on at home because even if I was a 13-year-old who, you know, was having these feelings or I wanted to do this, if my family got a whiff of this and they had the healthy balance as to knowing how to talk to me about it, how to let me know that this is not a life that I should be living according to the word of God and so on and so forth. And now I go to school and my my family has also already put me on to how there's a certain part, every, anything outside of my education, these adults in these schools, have nothing to do with, like it's out of their jurisdiction. Once I got to school and this was their plan, I automatically would have been like, okay, nah, no, mm-mm. you know. But because no one, as Elena said, no one is prepping these kids. No one is prepping these kids to know how to say no to anything. All they're doing without realizing it is prepping their kids to just be so vulnerable to whatever, whatever, whatever shows them attention, whatever shows that someone has a liking to them, whatever shows that someone is going to do something to make them feel good. They just accept. They run through. They say yes. They don't see anything wrong with it. Or if they do see something wrong with it, again, they're not taught how to say no, no. I was taught no. I was taught no. Like, I remember being in school, and a lot of times I said no to something, it was always followed with no, because my mommy said such and such. No, my mommy said such and such. No, my grandmother said such and such. Like, whether I fully understood it or not, I understood that they told me I ain't got no business doing this or being a part of this or such and such and such, you know, and that that's not happening. So they, these kids are just left vulnerable to whatever, and you got the other sick in the head side that is taking a liking to just grooming 
if you a one year old, you'll be bullied for this. So it it has a lot to do with what was already mentioned. Absolutely, ladies. You know, I, I you have heard me say this many times. You know, when you say no thank you to God, God says, Okay. Fine. He has said in his word, you are either with me or you're for me or against me. Ain't no middle ground. So when you tell me no, I step back and I put my hands up and I open up the door to all of this here. Going back to, you know, the prepping at home, you know, we we marveled at Mariah when she came home and said that, do you know, and she was like in the first grade, and she said, well, do you know that so-and-so goes to church and this is the church he goes to? And we were like, well, how would you get to that conversation? And we don't know how she got to that conversation. She told us. I can't remember. But I also remember when Shantice told her she couldn't have chicken nuggets <laughs> or something like that. And she went to school or she said she couldn't have chicken nuggets at from McDonald's. And when she went to school and they gave her chicken nuggets, she said, I can't, I don't eat chicken nuggets. I don't eat chicken nuggets. When, when they offer her something at school that we've told her that we don't eat, we don't eat pork, we don't eat ham, we don't do this, we don't do that, she goes to school and she says, I don't. So now you move into the element of now they get older and like you all have said, okay, so you get prepped at home, but when you go to school and they start talking about stuff that you like, that's always the thing that we have to worry about. You know, when we give this, when we, we're at home and we teach this stuff at home, when they get out in the street or they get in school and now they start being presented with stuff that kind of tickles their fancy, are they going to go for it? Again, if we start this from early, the chances that they'll continue this, like Shantice and, 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 and Elder Nancy said, that you can now stand your ground even in the school is, 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 is larger. You run a larger, you know, uh, chance of that being, you know, quenched. Listen, at home is where I deal with this, and in school is where I deal with this. And there's a separation between the two. They are not allowed to get involved in my in this part of my life because at home they're taking part of this life. And even if I kind of like it, I better not. You know, there was a fear, y'all, of of us going to school and saying certain things. I mean, am I the only one remembering this? When you went to school, you better not be over there talking about some certain things that's going on or not going on. You were in big trouble. So if you know, mm-hmm. if, 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 you better not go up in that school. You go home, tell them, mm-hmm. tell your parents or them people calling your house tomorrow. Well, we heard such and such a thing. You knew already before they got off the phone what you were going to have mm-hmm. to deal with. So, you know, yep. it, this is it, it, there's a lot that goes on here. And, again, it starts with what we give our children at home. What is the foundation in our home? And if when we, when we don't have that foundation at home, it all becomes an open door. And that's why I had to ask the question, when did the shift take place? The shift took place when we said no to God. Okay. So now <laughs> have at it. Have at it. All right. Before we get to our pastor, Charlene, I thought we would end on a, a, a funnier note today. All right. So we've got Nettie's House of Spaghetti who says, I'm sorry, keep your kids under 10 at home. 
We've got the restaurant ban. And, you know, some might say, you know, hey, this is too much. And others might say, you know, Vivian even said when she goes out to eat, she ain't trying to see no kids. Well, Nettie's House of Spaghetti, I want to know what's on the menu. <laughs> that, uh, you know, people would be offended that they would, you know, ultimately, you know, be uh, <clears throat> getting <laughs> no spaghetti, for, uh, giving the spaghetti to the kids. Oh, we lost. Oh, wait, no, here she's back. Oh, Lady Tamika, is it, what do you think of the ban of the children under 10 years old and Nettie's House of Spaghetti? I I don't know. Maybe it's because (laughs) I'm not a parent. I, I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a restaurant and Paula is picking peas off a plate and throwing it across the room. <laughs> you know, you know or, or are you trying to enjoy a nice little peaceful, romantic, you know, restaurant, and you happen to look behind you and little Sally is on your shoulder because she's bouncing, you know, on the, on the back end of the chair. And, it's you know, there's all kinds of stuff, you know. The sad part about that is everybody's child is not cantankerous. Everybody's child is not outrageous, you know. But I have seen plenty of times where you got little children running around. And I'm like, wait, where, where is the parent of this child? You know, no. why, you know, there should be something, something simple, you, you, you know. I understand that you're trying to, you know, for the safety of the employees and the safety of the child to, you know, put some safeguards. Maybe, you know, you need to have a some something in writing from the parents that says, listen, you know, um, because I, I've never seen you actually say, okay, children under this age are not allowed. You know, the other thing sometimes, just being honest, you're in a restaurant, you're enjoying yourself, and it's nice and quiet, and the child, you know, there's a child that's just, you know, crying, and it's, it's one thing to cry, but this child is wailing on the top of it, you know, whatever range they have, they're using it all, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, and I, maybe I'm looking at that from the perspective of not having, you know, I also understand as a parent, you want to be able to go out, and you want to be able to enjoy your your, your life, and if you have children with you, then you should be able to do that. So I kind of, honestly, I fall on both sides, um, but I I, I want to be honest, I lean more to the side that <laughs> maybe they shouldn't do this. All righty, all righty. Shanti, I'm saving you for last. Uh, I don't have to explain why. Elza and I teach you. Now, you have two children. There were times when you and uh, Greg wanted to go to the movies, and y'all want to take the kids. <laughs> Woo, baby. And held your breath that they didn't cry uh, when the movie was going on. Somebody, either you or him had to get up and take them outside um, when you went to the restaurant, you know. What, what's, what's your take on this? Should there be, you know, this ban? Or, you know, is this too extreme? No, I think I think they have a right to decide, you know, that um, there are no children allowed. The same way we are able to, you know, discern what events children should attend and what events children should not attend. I think there are a number of restaurants 
for um, for children to be able to go to. Uh, there are options. It's not like that's the only restaurant in town. So there are other options for people to be able to take their kids to, you know, to, to kid-friendly restaurants. But I think it is perfectly fine for there to be adult-only restaurants. I think when adults do want to escape their children, <laughs> you know, if there's a place where they can go and they don't have to be um, accosted, uh, 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 assaulted by other people's children, they <laughs> I think that they should have the right to 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 be in that environment. Yeah. I think it's okay. The same way, you know, we can have again uh, adult only situations and, and events. There are some places where the children's not welcome. We want adults to come. We want you to have a good time. We want you to be free without having to hear the whining and crying of, of a baby. But parents, if you are going to take your children, one, make sure the environment you're taking them to is age appropriate for them. Sometimes we try to take kids into environments right. that are not that are not right. friendly. Right. So that's not right. fair to the kid. You, you want to try to make yep. this newborn can be quiet while you're watching the movie. No, the kid, the newborn don't want to watch the movie. He don't understand what's happening or what's going on. So, so it's, it's, just, it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate for that child. And then you want to make your kid sit down in a fancy French restaurant. The kid's like, I want French fries and pizza. Where's Chuck E. Cheese? Why are we at a French Lead plateau. Well, I'm at the lead plateau, and I'm two years old. <laughs> oh gosh! And and up to that's why I brought up the movie because I mean you be in the movies and it's like, oh lord, it's no. But how about you at the movies at eleven o'clock at night and the kid is crying? Right. Yo, why y'all at home with the kid in bed? Ah, uh, we're not at the matinee at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're at the movie mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock, and we got to deal with the kids. So, Shanti, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this question from the patron's um, angle. You know, you didn't left your kid at home. <laughs> you didn't left your kid at home to go to the French restaurant, and it's 9 o'clock. On a Saturday night, and and that couple over there decided they gonna come out with their kid at nine thirty to the French restaurant. Should the child be made to stay at home, or should the child be allowed to come to the restaurant? Stay home. <laughs> Nobody teaches these kids how to eat at home, and then you want to take them out. Listen, again, I say eating is a necessity. Going out to eat is a luxury. You don't have to go out to eat. If you don't care enough about you to teach them how to eat at home, you definitely don't care about the other people sitting around you in the restaurant. No, it's it's way it's way too much. You got the service carrying around hot tea setups, 
but yet the kids are doing cartwheels in the middle of the restaurant. Now the, the servers are forced to cut your kid out, literally. Now you want to fight, so now the server got to put the hot tea set up down to fight you. Now it's messing with their tits. It's just too much. It's too much. It's too much to contend with. It's, it's way too much. See how, see how easily what we're supposed to do at work, just like the other story, what we're supposed to do at work, now it bears off into another area. Because nobody wants to do what they're supposed to be doing with these kids at home. It starts at home. I remember in the church type of stuff where you started mandating, because we always eat heavy here in church. But you started mandating that certain Sabbath, we eat lunch as if we were in a restaurant. And we set the tables up, and the ambiance was set up as if we were in a restaurant. And it, the kids wasn't even a problem. It was the adults. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? wasn't even a kid. And I'm looking around like, what kind of setup is this? God just set me up for the open door. So here I am paying attention to these three little ones sitting next to me, but I have to keep chastising the three sitting across from me. No, everybody needs to play what happens when we go to the restaurant. That needs to be a game that's played about four times a week at home. I don't care what y'all eat, chicken fingers and fish sticks, whatever. That That needs to be done because now I, I don't blame the restaurant. Kudos. More restaurants need to be doing it. And they, they, they need to start banning. They, they need to start banning some of these adults too. Seriously, it's a mess. Oh boy, why don't y'all tell us how you really feel? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, ladies, ladies, ladies! As always, it's been a hoot. And an experience and a blessing to have had you on with us today. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. I knew I saved that story till last for a reason. Y'all are hilarious. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank everyone. All right. Thank you. All righty. Ah, shucks now, it's almost time for us to be up out of here on this Wednesday morning, but you know what takes place right now. We've got our Pastor Charlene with our Faith Over Fear segment. Now, good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you doing over there? I know you weren't feeling too hot earlier during the week. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm doing okay. One step at a time. I thank you for that. All right, amen. Now, Pastor Charlotte, we didn't had multiple converse, excuse me, conversations here this morning, and I'm gonna give you your pick of the litter as to you know what. Well, first of all, before you even get started, before you get started, should the children be banned under ten years old in the restaurant, or is it extreme? Which one? Which way do you go? Oh, no, they should be there. And that's the one I want to talk about because I have one for each one. But that one right there, that's going to be our face over fear today. <laughs> All righty. We did it. <laughs> yes. It is okay to go to a restaurant without little people. And let me tell you why. What about, y'all were saying different things, but what about when they're standing on the chair right behind you, touching your hair? Uh-oh. 
sitting across uh, food. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, what about when they go, when you go to the movies, have this ever happened and you're watching and where that a little kid gets on the floor and touch your leg, come between your legs. That's scared of the body. These things I've experienced. And not only that, and when I, I thank you, Shanti, sometimes it don't even be the kid. It will be the adults that are louder. It will be the adults that are hollering. It'll be the adults that's making a, a, so much noise, talking on their phone and stuff. So I thought about the movie as well as the restaurant, and I was like, I remember back in the day when we had to have that talk before you go, when we go into a restaurant, you had it at home, you had it in the car, you had it when you got outside, you had it when you got to the table to let you know that you have to be able to know how to act, and we don't teach our children. So where that it becomes overwhelmed, not just for the waiters and for the people that are sitting there, but for other children because it takes one to cry, right? And now the other one's going to cry. And now somebody else going to cry because that's what children do. It, it ricochets from one kid to the next to the next, right? So my thought was of it was where does the faith over fear come in? And I'm glad, I don't remember who said it, but I'm glad that you have to know where that your children should be able to go to because you have to be able to care about other people that are around you. And that's one of the things that we have left out, even within the church itself. Same thing. Them kids be, some places I've been to, them kids be running and, like, they own the church. They up underneath the seat, you know, screaming across from one side to the other. And I'm like, and why isn't, even the pastor, why are you not saying nothing? Why these parents are not saying nothing? But the parents get mad when someone else talks to your children. Right? So now it becomes out of control because now the parents get so involved and where that becomes separation because you don't have the right to tell my kid anything. But if you don't know, let me try to teach you. So my thought was of that it comes into where that not only the separation of a friendship, because it can break up friendships, it can break up with that with the waiter and the waiter is trying to do something, now it becomes dangerous, right? So my fear of it is that somebody can really get hurt. And a lot of times that when we hear about things happening, the target that the person that we would think would get hurt is never that. It's the bystander. And with that, the out of control, we have knives in, in restaurants. We have forks. Things that can happen, excuse me, things that can happen that we can actually get hurt with. You don't know. We have such of people whose minds are not right that can pick up something and walk over to you, and because of your kid, that they can go into a rage, right? And now it becomes something that it doesn't have to be, right? So you can look at it as that way as well. Um, this weekend, me and my husband had to go. Um, we were trying to get a cab, 
and we had to get an address. And the building that was there was Chuck E. Cheese. I haven't been in Chuck E. Cheese forever. When I went inside to ask the man for it, I was like, ooh, see, this is why I don't do the children thing. And, but we had to stand there to wait. And the guy was like, it's so cold outside. You can stay inside. We stayed inside. I couldn't wait for this cab to hurry up and come because it takes your mind. A person who doesn't have children, well, little people, your mindset is different from a person because a parent knows how to tune the children out, right? So you're not to tune your own kids out, but other people, kids, you, you're not used to tuning them out, right? So my thought of that was that you have to be able to really see God and being able to ask God to help you teach your children how to sit to help you teach your children because it starts off small. How do we go to a restaurant? How do we sit? How do we pick up a fork, different forks? How do we be able to do these things? Because if not, you will not be able to go anywhere. You will not be able to go to someone else's house even with that being said. So it goes further than just a restaurant. It goes further than just movies. It's learning. If you don't teach them then, as small as they grow up, they think that they're supposed to eat or just being able not to be able to learn how to engage with other people or just being able to sit. I commend the, um, there's a lady that's on Facebook and she gives etiquette classes to the young people to teach them how to, the little girl to sit and how to cross their legs and how the gentleman is supposed to, to do different things, you know, as them being young. And I think that that is something that we as adults have to be able to partake into our children so where that it doesn't become harm to anyone because you got to look at it. When you're out, it can go in a whole nother direction because I don't want you to say nothing to my kid. And I don't want you to say nothing to me about my kid. So we have to have my, we have to stay in the mind frame of that as well. So I'm glad there should be other ones. Let them stay at Chuck E. Cheese. Let them go to whatever and for where that is safety and being able to have, you know, where that they're able to be taught. And like Shanti said, make it a game. Make it a game, and then you're able to learn as well as being able to get a reward as well, being able to know how to be able to teach the next generation. And that's another thing, too, because if we don't teach ours young, they're not going to be able to teach theirs, and it goes on and on. So we have to be able to get to a place where that God is always in the mix of it all. All you got to do is ask him. And he'll be able to show you. And that might be something as well as I commend y'all because she said in your, in your ministry, Pastor Steph, that that's what y'all teach your little people. So I think that that's something that as on the broadcast, as people listen, something that us as pastors or leaders or just ministry with the youth as a whole, that be able of something that you put in place and to be able to teach the little three-year-olds. We can't do anything about a baby, but we can do something about a three-year-old and up and being able to help them to be able to know this is how when we go out, let's get dressed up. People don't dress up no more. 
Teach them how to be able to care about themselves, and it can go a long way. It doesn't necessarily just end the behavior, because sometimes our behavior is how we are dressed as well. But if you dressed up and you know, oh, I don't want to mess up my shoes, I don't want to mess up my clothes, you know, and it be able to help someone along the way. So I think that that is a very good idea for them not to be able, because I go to all the restaurants that don't have little people. Because once I walk in and I see it and they try to take me that way, I don't want to sit there. I want to go all the way on the other side. So that's my thing that we'll see on today, just to encourage someone else to be able to help the little people. It's not all their fault. Sometimes it's us, us as parents because we don't have control because the children are controlling us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Charlotte, for that Faith Over Fear segment. Interesting, interesting, interesting uh, angle. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, It's time for us to hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, oh God, we thank you. We thank you because you have always been, you are, and you will always be great. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for just nudging us this morning and just allowing us the privilege of seeing a brand new beautiful day. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that this is not hump day for us. We're not struggling. We're not trying to get over um, this day, but that we welcome your day. We It is a wow Wednesday because it is always wow in what you do. Wow in how you get it done. Wow in what you present. Wow in how you introduce. Wow in how you invest. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all that you continually give us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just the conversations that take place from one week to the next, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, that we can actually take practical, everyday issues and we can actually show your people how it is we need to move forward, dear Heavenly Father. Something as simple as sitting at a table, dear God that we can actually address and help your people today, dear God. Thank you. Thank you so much that it's not just the big things you address, God. It's the little things because it's all the little things in our life that make the big things in our life, God. It's all in how we handle the little things that you said you would give us the big things in life, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you. We thank you. Because we have no idea what you have for us each and every day. But you continue, you continue to just give us more and more and more as we wake up and we face you and we welcome you into our life each and every morning. God, we want to give you thanks for little Jacob, the Heavenly Father. We heard from when it even started when there was even the conversation was taking place to Heavenly Father. And we thank you, God, that the praise report is in, that we are halfway, halfway, 50%. Only you, only you, only you could give that type of result. And we thank you to Heavenly Father. 
We thank you for his little life. We thank you how you keep him smiling, God. We thank you for the little joy that is that's in his heart, God. We thank you. I don't have to even know him to know that there's little joy in his heart, God. I know that you exist. I know that you're making him better. And even if he doesn't understand who you are, even if he doesn't understand what you're doing, God, we do. We do. And we know that prayer answers things. We know that prayer changes things. We know that prayer makes the difference, God. And we want to thank you for every doctor. We want to thank you for every staff member. We want to thank you, God, for every machinery that that, that, that touches his body. Everything, every item that touches his body, that it would be sterile and prepared for him your heavenly Father, and there, that he can go the rest of this journey, God, just with you by his side, walking right beside him, God, carrying him all the way. We're looking forward to some great news again, God, and we thank you for all that you've done And we thank you for all that you will do, dear Heavenly Father. We ask, God, that if this didn't happen for no other reason, but so that you could prove who you are to the family, to the friends, to anyone that's close to Jacob, dear Heavenly Father, that they get that message, that they understand how great, big, and wonderful you are, that they get to understand that you are the answer to all of our needs, no matter how great or no matter how small. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father. We love you, God, for how you just come through, even when we don't deserve it, even when we have no business even asking, how you just come through over and over and over again. We thank you, God, for every minister On this broadcast, dear Heavenly Father, whether they're speaking today or whether they speak any other day, we just thank you, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for the time that you open up that enables us to even speak for you, God. We thank you for even you choosing us as your vessel, that your people can look at us and you have plucked us out so that we can do your work, God. What a blessed privilege that we're not sitting over in the corner, scratching our heads, trying to figure out why we're here, what we can do, how we can make this right with you, how we can work for you. What can we do? We thank you for choosing us because we didn't choose you. We just answered the call. Thank you. Thank you for loving us in a special way. Thank you, Father. We lift up everybody, even in every one of our stories, God, and we give you thanks for the three-year-old who walked the mile, God, and we know that you were ahead of him, you were behind him, and you were on each side of him, you were above him, and you were beneath him, dear Heavenly Father. You escorted him that mile, and Lord, whether it was to wake up everybody in their daycare center, we pray that the, the, the work was done. Lord, we thank you, God, for everybody else who we talked about in that, in those stories, dear Heavenly Father, that you would show yourself to each and every individual, that they would no longer be lost, 
that they would have found you, God. We pray for the young lady who, who's, who's being escorted through this process of changing. And we pray, God, that you introduce yourself to that family. That you remove anything that is not in you, of you, or about you from her life, God. And that you would set her on the straight and narrow, even at 13, dear Heavenly Father. Even if she doesn't understand what's going on, God, we ask that you just do your perfect work in her life. We thank you, Father. How can we just stop saying thank you? How can we just stop saying thank you? How can we put a pause in thank you when you do so much? When you're working, when we don't even realize you're working. When you're working, we can't even see what you're doing, God. We ask that you heal every heart, that you put every mind at ease, that every spirit would match your spirit, God, that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness. We give you the glory and the honor, God, so rightly do your name today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm-mm. I love, you know, I love all my due time crew. I, I love all my due time crew, you know. I, I just, I don't even know what I would do without them. But I have to say I love my ladies. I love Wednesday. Wednesday is my favorite day. I love Wednesdays. It's just something stimulating about the ladies. That, you know, I remember my mother. <laughs> she used to love the men. Oh, my goodness. She loved the man. I, the whole week could go by her. She waiting for Friday to come. She loved the men's day. And we're so blessed here to have um, such a variety of uh, characteristics and components in our cast. We are so blessed. You know, we have ages. A different age range We have different backgrounds We have different cultures We have different um, Experiences But we all meet At one spot And that's what happened today You know when I looked at Each and every one of these Stories And when I put all the stories together Limitation Limitations Crossing boundaries Was really the focus for today Every story Was an issue of You know crossing a boundary You know just Not doing what You should have done Not you know limiting Yourself And now You know things have To be put into place And some of the things that are put into place, we're not going to like. But some of the things that are put into place, we're going to have to accept. You know, the, the restaurant I saved to last because I was, you know, I wanted to get a chuckle. I didn't think I was going to get the chuckle that I got. But, again, you know, when we fail, again, it, it you know, it was brought back to home. The same way we talked about home with the young lady. You know, when it, it starts at home. All of this stuff starts at home. It starts at home. What are we doing from home that's making the difference in our life? You know, at home, you know, are we teaching our children from early? Like Shanti said, what to accept from, you know, 
from from others. And from one through four, you know, this is your life. You're taking things from people. But because that teacher didn't have, or that director, the director didn't have boundaries, that's what she fed our children. And I say our children because they belong to all of us. You know, we can't walk around. They ain't my kid. They all belong to us. Limitations and boundaries. When we open up the door and we say no to God, that opens up the door. As I always say, when we say no to God, you say welcome. As my mother used to say, welcome into my house. Welcome to my house. Come on in. To the enemy. Is that what you really want? Do we really want to let the enemy loose in our children? You know, my sermon on Sabbath was Satan and sin and how it's so prevalent. You know, Satan and sin is is vicious. You know, would we let a pit bull that was growling, would we let that pit bull into our home? That's what you're doing when you let the enemy into your home. You know, Satan and sin is sneaky. It slides on in, very undetected. You don't even see it coming because it's so subtle. It's so soft. It moves so very slow and slithery. And, you know, it looks like it's one little thing and... When you look around, it's another little thing. And when you look around, it's a little bigger thing. And before you know it, you can't control it. That's what Satan and sin is. Are you ready? Are you really, really ready to say no to God? And I'm talking about even those of us who accept Christ Are we really ready to say no to God? Because what we don't realize is when we take things upon ourselves, we're saying no to God. I don't want to do it your way. I got to do it my way. It has to be done my way. And we have to caution ourselves to make sure that God is always the one that's ordering our steps. Because when we don't do that, there's that crack and there's that crevice. That the enemy comes on in. He's sneaky. He's vicious. He's dangerous. He's only coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he's doing to all of our children. We have let the enemy loose into our children's lives. What are we going to do to take that power back? What are we going to do? To give it all back to God We're going to have to make that decision And we're going to have to make that decision right now Don't wait Because it'll be too late You've been listening to It's Do Time with Pastor Steph Join us Monday through Friday from 7am to 9am Where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit As you go through your day Be sure to set your mind on things that are above Not on things that are on the earth They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. 
It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my ladies, for always coming through big time for us. I would like to thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss that opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Therapeutic Thursday, God spare our life. I love you. Mm-hmm.